The Colorado Rockies are a team with a ton of farm talent, specifically outfielders. What do they do with all of these guys? I hopped on with Paul Holden of Locked on Rockies to talk about it. Check it out. You are Locked on MLB Prospects, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Lindsey Crosby, Locked on MLB Prospects, Paul Holden, Locked on Rockies, here to talk this farm system. And and Paul, something that that I've noticed about this farm system is you guys have a ton of outfielders, man. They love outfielders. I mean, and, and that's what's so crazy. And now we're sitting here as Rockies fans. They need to add a power bat in the outfield. So is that through free agency? Do you package some of these outfielders and figure it out? Plus, who's going to play where? I will say it's more interesting. The DH coming really please no Charlie Blackman in right field. I love Charlie Blackman, but if we have all these outfielders and we need to see who's going to let Charlie just swing it and we can have someone else, that's not going to be a negative asset on defense. So uh, I don't know. I, that's they, they really love outfielders, they, outfielders. And, and, and it was arms for a while. It was get every single arm I feel possible. And we're going to figure out who can pitch at this environment. Yeah, and and I think that's the big kind of thing here is the 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 offensive environment that you're in compared to everybody else. You've got special concerns there, but kind of looking at this top ten, you know, let's just start at the very top. I mean, you guys have tons of talent, but outfielder Zach Veen. So he's a guy to me. I mean, obviously, high school player in 2020, one of the you know, the few picks in 2020 because it's five round draft. Uh, so somebody that that. Ninth overall pick, got a big signing bonus to skip going to Florida and started off kind of slow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first 120 at-bats in low A Fresno, didn't have a homer. But then you look at his end-of-the-year stats, 301, um, 15 homers, 36 stolen bases, and just under 400 at-bats. And so he's a guy to me that, based on what we've seen so far, I feel pretty comfortable he's going to project out to be an everyday big leaguer. The question is, how far does he go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's. I'm really excited, and also winning. I believe the minor league player of the of the year for the Rockies. At least the Rockies announced something like that. He was their top prospect, quote unquote, for uh, that they that they voted for. He's really exciting. It, it's just hard, you know. When I wonder, it's like when is he going to come, and 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 how much does they is that going to factor in? But what I like about and what I liked about seeing and watching him play, uh, it's, it's it is that ability that. I struggled first and then to kind of come alive. I love seeing that, especially in the first year and, and especially throughout the season. I'm I'm okay with slow starts if they lead to what Veen was able to do. And that's a great, great sign to see someone who comes out of high school, starts the major league grind process of a of a, you know, even it's a low ball, but still a professional season. And to be able to have that success and, and really show out in, in the big moments. He had a great uh showing at the futures game, if I recall correctly, as well. So Zach Veen is is someone that I'm really excited about. But uh, as you mentioned in, in the notes there, he wants to use that, you know, maybe he needs to use more of the entire field. He's got to work on that swing a little bit more. I want, I'm not looking for him to be the thing. I'm looking for Zach Veen to be a great defender who can hit a ton of doubles and play center field. That that would be an ideal situation if Zach Veen was to, to develop because 
I, I think to go to our first outfield conversation and, and, and one of these super fans who really cranked uh, the numbers for me, opened my eyes to this. I want the Rockies to lead the league in doubles. I want the Rockies to be a team that hits a ton all over the yard, and that's going to play super well at Coors Field. Todd Helton, a prime example. Why was Todd Helton always so good? It's because he hit a ton of doubles, and that if someone's on second, that's an RBI. That's a run in the first, second, third inning. So if Veen can can hit the ball all over the yard, play solid defense, I think he's going to be – he could be something special. He's easily the one in the, in, the, in the system that I think is kind of giving you that, all right, we are watching closely what Zach Veen is going to do. Yeah, and he's a number one prospect for a reason, right? I mean, right. he – we're we're talking about the floor on him is everyday outfielder, big league kind of guy. If if he hits, his power needs to develop a little bit more. And you have to keep in mind, I mean, he's he's six he's six five two hundred, so he's a good sized kid, but he's still a kid. He was born in December two thousand one. So you look at some of that. There is you touched on how he he struggled and got a little better. He he is very good at hitting in the zone, like hitting against spin against velo against location. He's very good at that. And he can hit both lefties and righties. Doesn't have really severe platoon splits. What I do want to see from him is he's got a long, a lot of stuff in that swing. It's a really long swing. And I think there's some mechanical tweaks he could make. And that's kind of natural that you'll make as you come up just to kind of shorten his path into the zone and then lengthen the amount of time that he's in the zone. But Mm -hmm. I mean, the contacts he's already making are good. And the defensively, He's got good reads. He's got good range. He's got good routes. Those are the big things you look for for an outfielder. I feel like his arm, um, his arm is 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 good. His his arm is good enough to stick in center field. And so for me, this is now just a you need progressively harder competition year over year. I actually think he's a guy because you're going to lose so many uh, AAA guys off the forty man rather than him starting off at high A. Depending on how he looks in training, they may start him off at double A this year. Right. Um, and it, and again, that's just one of those, how does he look in spring training? Uh, but from everything that we've heard, and obviously they're in spring training right now, I just haven't seen updates from camp yet. Uh, I think he's going to be next couple of years up there, um, hopefully leading the league in doubles in Coors Field. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 if you if he's playing ball at double a next year especially at the beginning post spring training that is a fantastic that is something to bring a little bit of positive and life into a farm system that it needs a pulse it needs a flash it needs someone for rockies fans to sit here and be excited about coming up and, and seeing because the, i think what's interesting and I'm, and maybe this might be a, a non sequitur or anything but I'm with the amount of time the Rockies have given Rymel Tapia to play in terms of his production, not not a stellar defender and can hit the ball, but hits the ball 62 or 64 percent of the time on the ground. I'm curious what that's going to mean for a prospect like Zach Veen, if he can get the same amount of at bats, maybe he struggles a little bit. And then when he gets to that everyday role, we can Mm -hmm. see him not ground out to shortstop every time. I love Rymel Tapia, and I think he and he provides a unique uh, you know, a unique flair, but he's someone that I would imagine the Rockies would try to move to bring that outfielder to fill in the time before Zach Veen is ready. That that's kind of what I what I see. And if 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 Veen is better than Tapia, that's already a step up, and that means the Rockies have someone that's an everyday starter that's going to be able to be more more effective. Because when Rymel is hot, he's a great contributor to the team. But when he's cold, right. he's ice ice cold. Yeah, and and you mentioned a minute ago about. Uh, Todd Helton, and he's actually a guy that I want to reference for a second. I'm glad that he's in camp right now because yes. your number two prospect, Michael Toglia, 
Mm-hmm. I think I'm saying that right, but yes. 2019 first rounder out of UCLA. And he's a guy that I really think having Helton in camp is going to help him, especially. Uh, he is your CJ Cron replacement in the next, I'd say probably sometime in the next two years. Uh, he was in double A last year, obviously had that moment in the futures game, hit a home run there at Coors Field, kind of give you a preview of the future. But I mean, big, powerful switch hitting kind of guy. And a lot of the work for him is. He's still really pull heavy, kind of the same issue that that Zach Veen has. And so I think Helton's going to be a guy that can kind of show him, you know, straighten his swing out a bit, straighten his his offensive game out and show him, hey, this is how you go and hit doubles in Coors Field. This is what you have to do offensively. And so, like, I feel good about in the next two years seeing him at the big league level for the Rockies. This is what it's, it's so nice that the first bit ba- that first base is finally working out for the Rockies getting mm-hmm. CJ Crone was a move they should have made in 18 and 17 they should have been looking for a CJ Crone type of player this entire time for first base while they were figuring out the draft and development of the next person so I love Crone being back for two years to buy time for Toglia and if I'm if I'm Toglia and I'm sitting there saying the Rockies just brought in the guy. I mean, there's there's out out of out of three names that you could pick out of the hat to be Mr. Rocky. I'm pretty sure Todd Helton is still at the top of that list. And mm-hmm. to have the Rockies come in and bring him in and and the and beat reporters and stuff were saying Todd Helton is specifically here at this camp right now to work with Michael Toglia. His job, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he will do that other is things for but, you, Michael. But, but the, yeah, it's to, to, to have that, if, if Toglia is not sitting there and, and just trying to absorb as much, because when I watch first base play, and, and I know I'm the homer, Todd Helton is the pinnacle of what I want from my first baseman. A first baseman that is great defensively, who is someone that can it will make your infield better on, on the defense side. And, you know, even with the, oh, it's first base defensive, blah, blah, blah. Todd Helton was an elite defensive first baseman. I stand by that. And his ability to put the ball in play. I, if I was a Rockies minor leaguer, there would be very few Rockies I would be more excited about to listen to than someone who said, I want to play 17 years here and commit my entire career to being a Colorado Rocky, especially at first base. And I mean, it, that's that's been a position that has been dying for, for since Todd Helton. I mean, the, to go from Todd Helton to I don't really know who was the interim in between someone there, but to Ian Desmond, to Daniel Murphy, and then to sit here and be like, oh, so we're just waiting for the CJ Crone guy the whole time. This is really all we needed for first base. I mean, could just done I, this. Yeah, we could have just done this when you, the, the the rest of the infield was incredible. We we actually just needed to put a normal first baseman at first base. Sorry, I'm going off yeah. my usual tangents. But, good. Um, uh, you know, this is something that these Veen and Toglia uh, that that is that it does kind of make your heart thump a little bit to to know that there are two players that are when the Rockies are looking at and saying that these are our guys and. The, the re-sign of Crone gives a perfect little bit more time for Toglia to develop, for the Rockies still to get you know uh, production from that position. I, I think that, that that's a, a great move, and I think Toglia's got to sit there being confident and know that not only is he getting help from Todd Helton, but then you know when he he probably he will cross paths with Crone and be able to talk about it. And, and I think that's going to be something great too as someone who's come in and said, "This is a new stage of my career. I found some great success and could be the Rockies' offensive leader for for it was last year, it could be this year, and could be on the the next year too." I mean, two really really great mentors for for Toglia to have, which it, and has shown in the big moment. Those so. 
if if we get a if we get a new Todd Helton, that is that's the ceiling. But if we get CJ Crone level production from Toglia, I'm happy with that. I'm I am very happy if your if your draft pick turns into my CJ Crone. I think you're happy at this the the Rockies 2021 version of season CJ Crone. I should say you'd be very happy with that. Yeah, especially for a guy who um, who missed out on a tw- on a season in 2020. So right. the the stuff about Toglia, there's a thing that I love and a thing I want him to to kind of improve on. And I kind of made a lot of those notes in our show rundown. But um, for for Toglia, I love his ability. And you talk about first base defense, and that's something a lot of folks you know talk you know say you don't need an elite defense at first base. I think the one thing that you do need to find, and Toglia has it, is the ability to to pick and scoop balls out of the dirt. That's mm-hmm. something that will improve your infield defense. And it's something a guy like Freddie Freeman, you know, he's considered to be one of the best first basemen in baseball, not only because of his offense, but because I say Braves first baseman, he's technically not, mm-hmm. uh, but his ability to go down and get a ball in the dirt. So I totally has got that skill. I love that. What I do want to see him work on, I mean, he's pull heavy, but he is sometimes not aggressive enough. And it seems odd to say that about a guy you know, who hit 22 home runs and 400 at-bats. But he sometimes leaves – he leaves hittable pitches there. Mm-hmm. And and he's too selective at times. And I think that in in Colorado, there's an opportunity to take a mistake pitch and, and put it in the seats. And I think that's something that Todd Helton, who was really good at hitting hittable pitches and letting not hittable pitches go – I think that's something that Helton's going to show him and, and really going to give him uh, some advice on and some tips on and teach him that. But talking about like guys who have to still learn a little bit and get some more of that high level experience, uh, catcher Drew Romo. Mm-hmm. So he's the number th- you know the number three overall prospect right now for the team and 2020 out of high school. I don't usually love prep catchers. He's one of the exceptions. I feel like he's got really good defense um, and. He was considered to have kind of a questionable bat before last year, and then he goes to Fresno, bats three fourteen, uh, not a ton of power production, which is something that will get there. But twenty three steals from a catcher, yeah, wow. I mean that doesn't that doesn't happen a ton, and so he's like to me, uh, like okay, he's got really good defense. He's working on game calling. You just need some more time for that, obviously. Um, he's a switch hitter and I'm almost at the point now where I think he should probably drop the switch hitting and bat left-handed. There's a 130 point difference between when he bats lefty 351 and when he bats righty 218 Mm -hmm. and a catcher has enough stuff to learn already because of the cerebral aspect of game calling, you know, defense, things like that. Maybe just drop the switch hitting stick to batting lefty. Uh, but either way, good bat speed, good strike zone discipline. He has all the tools. Um, he does need to to grow into the, some of that power a bit, and I don't know exactly how much he's going to do that. But either way, I really think that three years from now, he's going to be a gold glove caliber defender there um, in Colorado for the right. team. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I I'm with you on that on, on don't, don't further complicate the already complicated game of baseball when you're trying to break through and make it to the next level by doing the switch hitting thing, unless you feel as the player, like you really feel like you're that confident. It is that big of an X factor for your play. It's something that I don't necessarily think again, 130 points difference in the game of baseball. That is a major shift in terms of numbers there. So 
if yeah, if you need to work on your game calling, you need to help your power, and you need to, and and you're already facing a huge shift in in the difference between the two swings. I love the novelty of a switch hitting gold gloves base stealing catcher, but yeah. I'm also okay if you're a contact hitting base stealing gold glove catcher that hit that hits from the left side exclusively. I'm I'm also okay with that instead of, you know. Uh, getting too complicated because you know you're going into the game and you're thinking that this you're going to go up against this pitcher but what if you're playing the Rays and it's an opener so yeah I know the, it's interleague play but what if you're facing an opener and then they go to the next pitcher and you're facing all these arms and you got to go back and forth and back and forth in the game how you need to get your rhythm you need to get your in baseball I very much a game of rhythm and I think by having so many I got to call the game I got to be ready to play on defense and then I got to be a contributor on offense on top of you know pitch calling pitch blocking all that stuff don't 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 further complicate yourself when you when it's already so hard to make it there and again when you're we're looking for a comparison i think these two prospects that we've that we just talked about finally have someone of equivalence that 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 is a good sign for the rockies the rockies were desperate for an op for off any type of offense from the catching position and elias diaz wasn't doing that until midway through the season this year if you can if you if elias diaz is going to be consistent and can kind of again show these guys what it's like to be productive at this position and that has struggled in course it's going to be that's going to be huge but i will take i will take not as much power with good contact hitting and elite defense from the Rockies catcher versus, you know, waiting for half a season for Elias Diaz to finally come alive and start hitting things out of the park. It is easy enough to score runs in Denver that my priority is defense from that catcher. I want him to not lick balls go. And yes. and he's got a little, little bit of work to do on, on his blocking still. And that's just something where you see him as a bigger guy, you know, 6'1", a little bit more mass back there to move around. But he'll get there. That's something that you, you pick up with experience. And part of that, too, goes to knowing your pitching staff and knowing what's coming, knowing what balls they put in the dirt. So you see a young guy who went from high school straight into the minors, he doesn't have the knowledge of the staff. So blocking something that develops a little bit later for guys like that. And in just a minute, I kind of I do want to go over some pitchers and some outfielders I'm really excited about. Uh, but first, th- today's episode is brought to you by our friends with Mission Possible. Paul, are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? I'm always ready to discover my purpose. I, I, I couldn't be more ready, honestly. Well, Mission Possible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author, and athlete and former baseball player Tim Tebow encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. So ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Like my Tebow, am I getting it right? That is exactly what it looks like. I knew I was so glad we had the Tim Tebow audiobook (laughs) for the the Denver Guys episode. I was like, this will work. He will get this. You will appreciate this. I will appreciate that. It was fun having Tim Tebow, but I will take Peyton Manning over Tim Tebow every single time. (laughs) I imagine you would. I imagine you would. But but, um, talking about guys that that lefties that I would rather have. Number four prospect in the system, left-hand pitcher Ryan Rollison. So I got a chance to watch him when he was at Mississippi, drafted in 2018, and really went into some some tough some some tough pitching locations. I mean, Grand Junction's not an easy place to pitch. Lancaster's not an easy place to pitch. And then he's had some health issues since then. So he's probably a guy who would have already been contributing at the major league level if not for I, th- I think he had like he 
had to have his appendix taken out last year. Yes, he that's broke right. The bone I in do his remember hand. that. Yeah, like did a lot of stuff, and he tried to catch up for time. He um he was in the Dominican Winter League and stuff. I think the only thing that's going to slow him down from contributing this year right away is the fact that he's on the 40-man roster. So he can't go to spring training with the rest of the minor leaguers until there's a CBA. But mm. he's one of those lefties that is my kind of guy. He's got a fastball, low 90s, but really the fastball exists to set up the breaking stuff. He's got a 12-6 to 6 curve. I love a good lefty curveball. This is a plus pitch. He can... Uh, vary how hard it dies. He can vary how deep in the box it gets on the batter. So, you know, something that's that's good there. His slider looks a lot like the curveball. There's a lot of deception between the two. It's almost like a tighter version of the curveball. Still a plus pitch as well. And then he's working on a changeup. And so you give his good control. You give him these two plus breaking pitches. A fastball that's good enough. He needs to get a little better command of it, especially arm side. Um, but I think he's a guy that as soon as he can get into camp, get some minor league polishing done, he can be in your rotation as soon as probably the second half of this season with the caveat of assuming there is a season this year. Right. Well, and, and it's a prime year for young Rockies arms that are close to major league ready. But the, the Rockies rotation and especially bullpen, the bullpen is going to be young. I don't think the mm-hmm. I, I would like the Rockies to go out and get a, a veteran, one more veteran bullpen arm. But I'm kind of excited to see if Daniel Bard is shifting into a reliever role, which I think is a great move for the Rockies. And they, the Rockies did see a couple of people step up into being potential closers for the team. But the Rockies need to see what some of these young arms are going to do, especially with the way your rotation is set up right now. You're going to go Herman, you're going to go Senza, you're going to go Gomber, you're going to go Freeland, and that leaves your five. Please, we don't need to see any more Chichi Gonzalez. I'm not trying to be mean to Chichi Gonzalez, but Chichi Gonzalez is not an everyday MLB starter. I'd rather Rollison come up in this. You know, if, if Chichi needs to get us to June, let's get to June. But let's get Rollison up. Let's get all these other guys up here to to start throwing major league innings and honestly throw mm-hmm. against the best. Who you know is it really going to be that big of a deal if the Rockies are out of it by June to throw Rollison against the Dodgers on a Sunday I th- in, in LA? I think that's some pretty learn. darn good. You know, that's that's the environment. That's the experience. If if the Rockies aren't sitting here during the lockout saying. For, uh, uh, re-signing a starting pitcher is, or, or you know, I guess re-signing wasn't a priority because they let John Gray walk. But if if signing a free agent starting pitcher to be our fifth arm isn't the plan, then I really do hope the plan is let's let's rotate, let's see what happens, uh, you know, and and that's fine if that fifth spot is kind of gonna it's Rollison for 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 June. Then we go, you know, then we go just go down the line and, and see who else the, is MLB ready. And at least get him get him some experience. Now it's a different story if the Rockies somehow pull out a miraculous part and they're competitive. You're going to want to to make a splash and and see if you can have someone that'll be a little bit more consistent and, and an arm ready to go. But if you're sitting still sitting in fourth place in the division, let's let's throw these arms out here. Just kind of like I liked the approach and it didn't really work. But but last year with the bullpen, we had a ton of young arms go in there, but we got to see them. People got to throw against great uh, great batters that aren't at the the low A level, and the, the while it is a challenge, it is kind of nice for Rockies to play good teams when it is like, hey, you want to see what it's like to play in the big leagues? Go throw against Mookie Betts and the rest of the Dodgers today, and and, and see what happens. You know, like I, I'm not trying to say throw them to the fire, but that's something where where it is like, if you want to be the best, here's the best. Go after them, and, and so. 
if Rollison is, is I'm, I think, you know, I agree. He's going to suffer from the lockout. He, he is on the, that long list of players that got finally sit in there, super pumped to be excited about being invited to spring training. And then all of this happens and all this stuff. There are going to be a lot of young players that need more time to, to heat up and get going. Just like you'll see some, some, some majors. I mean, I, there's a prime example with the Rockies. Like, don't be surprised if Ramon Marquez is, is cold just because that's, he usually starts a little cold anyway, and then heats up throughout the season. I mean, I think the pitching, the pitchers are going to suffer the most, I think from, from this lockout, they'll have the most time to throw, but you need those innings. So, yeah. uh, but, but yeah, very, very excited. And this is, this is the year to really see what's, what's up with some of your young arms. You have this extra spot in your rotation. If you're not going to, if you're not going to re-sign John Gray to be that role, what is your plan for the fifth spot in your rotation? And you've got so many arms at AAA that have options. You can rotate guys in, give guys two starts, give guys three starts. And if you, they struggle more than you're comfortable with, you bring the next one, let him try. You can rotate back and forth. And obviously, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have depth. Depth right. always works itself out. And that's kind of one of those things you look at some of the prospects. Like, after those top four guys, I've got a group of like three or four outfielders all together. There's Benny Montgomery, uh, Brenton Doyle, uh, Ryan – is it Ryan Vlad? Vlad? I, 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 that one's I've, I said, I've heard Vlal, v, Vialde. I don't know. I feel Vialde. bad. <laughs> I feel bad that, that I don't know the names, but, but, uh, uh, but, yeah, like but, just like a bunch of outfielders there. And it's, it's and one of those on top of that's on top of already Rymel Tapia, Sam Hilliard, uh, you know, uh, um, Jonathan Daza, all mm-hmm. these people that are, they're not, the, the outfield is so crowded. It's, it's, it's just a matter of, who out of that do you do you really want to go? Uh, Benny Montgomery, I will say, I'm very excited. I know he he's a far off, but what I like just seeing from the early stuff from Benny, and this is off the field stuff, so, so superfluous maybe, but he gives me Charlie Blackman vibes. Someone who enjoys the game of baseball and isn't afraid to play his unique, wonky kind of style. I know people have you know issues with the swing, and, and there's a lot, but again, guy right out of high school doing all this stuff. There's still plenty of time to develop, but. I'm all in if Benny can be one of those guys that develops a wonky swing and play. If his brand of ball is to be successful and and it's a little wonky and a little weird, let's 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 get the Nikola Jokic of, of baseball out here. You know, playing a, playing his style specifically. I I got no. I, I'm I'm all for swing adjustments and taking advantage of it. But but I'm also of the case of. If you got a wacky swing that works, you use that wacky. Don't don't change what what's what's hopefully going to be Benny's one of Benny's biggest strength, and and that's hitting the ball. Yeah, I mean, he's got plenty of bat speed. He's got good enough high hand-eye coordination. And then his speed is, I mean, right. plus, plus, is absurd. He's probably the fastest person in this farm system. And so he he, he just needs to get on base. I mean, yeah. you, don't, you don't need him to hit home runs. And he, 47 at-bats last year, didn't have a ton of at-bats, but didn't hit any home runs in that small sample size. But again, like, all you have to do is – is get on base with him. And yes, like you said, funky swing, kind of like Hunter Pence, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he can get that hit tool to the point of where he can get on base, I mean, he's your everyday center fielder because he's got plus arm strength. He's got athleticism. He does need to work a little bit on his reads and routes as far as crack of the bat, where's he going, how's he, how's he getting to that ball. But he has the speed and the physical traits to make up for a small mistake, things like that. He's just... It's just where does the like 
the hitting. Where does the hitting get to? And I think that's ultimately going to decide what happens with Benny Montgomery. Um, yeah. So he's probably the guy in this group with the most risk, but yeah. he's probably the guy with the highest ceiling simply because of his other physical tools. And folks who listen to my show a lot know that I, I talk about for position players, I want them to have some sort of elite level tool. You know, mm-hmm. him is obviously his speed is elite level. And so with him, it's just how much can you figure out a swing that will work? You don't have to fix it. You just have to make it look good. So, yeah. And, and, but on, and on top of that too, it's, it's, it's critical that he develops good routes and good ball sense in, in the field. He needs to be able to track and follow the ball or else he's going to get eaten alive in center field at course field. You mm-hmm. have to be able to, to he, cause he'll cover the ground, but he needs to know where to get to. And and that's something that, that can't be understated because those alleyways can can spell doom. I mean, again, at course field, if you're not able, if you have the speed, but you can't see the ball and you're not getting there, you're giving up a double. If that ball gets behind you, that's a double. Like there's, it does. I don't care if you have the best arm that we've ever seen in baseball, the average baseball player is, is going to turn is going to hit first and going to round that into a double if that ball is even on a one bounce behind you and you're able to run and kind of take a route where you might be a little behind it but can get in, get there. So yeah. that's something that that Benny has to be if you are going to be an elite center fielder at, uh, in in Colorado being good at, at taking routes is something that that's critical. Why is Charlie Blackman not in center field anymore? It's cuz he couldn't he couldn't find the ball. He couldn't track down the ball and he was getting older and not nearly as fast as anymore but that's why he got shifted to right field where it's all right. <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier to track things down over there and, and do that. So that is something I will, I will have you, we have to watch as well because you, you can't be, you can't be lost in, in, in center field anywhere because of how important of a position it is. But, but course field, uh, especially because you, you, a small mistake will lead to a run more often than not, you know, and, 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 but that also leads in for, to Benny's favor. Maybe you're not putting it out on the, on, out there, but if you're disciplined at the dish and you can get to first on a walk and you're a base stealing threat every time for Ryan McMahon, who's up next, you know, just hypothetically speaking, Ryan McMahon, who's up next, that's a, that's a good combo. And, and honestly, the Broncos have, or not the Broncos, the Rockies <laughs> have always had, a but ton it's, of, it's been a big week for the Broncos. Yeah. I was going to say, we're recording on a, on a pretty important day in, in Broncos world, but the Rockies have always had speed. It seemed like a lot or lately, or at least in the past, I would say decade or so, maybe and never been as aggressive as I'd like. If Benny is fast and stuff, I'd love to see the Rockies steal with him more. I'd love the Rockies to steal more in general. Uh, with with how much speed uh, that they have, the Tapias, the Dazas on 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 the team that they already have. So, but uh, you know, uh, but Benny Benny does give you kind of at least that he is a guy that that loves the game of baseball. When you when you see he's signing baseball cards with the with the joke on his name, and he's just ha- he just is having fun, and that's something I actually really value. It, it gives me, it seems like him and Charlie Blackman are going to be. That the perfect mentor for him, Benny Montgomery, could go to a guy that's a unique guy who embodied Colorado Rockies baseball in, in Charlie Blackman, and I think those those two can learn a lot from from each other, honestly. Yeah, and and something that you can learn a lot about is if you are hungry and you need some sort of energy, some sort of protein, things like that, uh, you need to check out Built Bars. Um, built bars are the only protein bars that taste like candy bars, hundred percent real chocolate. Paul, what's your favorite flavor of built bar? See, here's the best. I love 
any of them that are like the the, the chocolate, I, the brownie mixes. The, I'm a huge chocolate guy, so Built Bars are great because they got that cover of 100% real chocolate, but low in sugar. Because I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm the big candy bar guy. If it's if it's a chocolate bar, I'm I'm trying to snack on that. And, and Built Bars have been have been a great way to kind of cut down cut that down. Yeah, I mean it's it's peanut butter brownie, my favorite. You, you yes, think about that's the, that's the, the one brownie I'm thinking mixes. of. Yep. Peanut butter brownie. There's a mint brownie, and then they've got all kind of you know coconut almond, coconut cherry barcia. That's one that my my wife eats all the time. Uh, you know white chocolate cookies and cream, that kind of stuff. So um, tons of flavors. They have new ones coming out all the time. They have the rotating ones. They have limited time ones. Go to built.com. Uh, check out the list of everything there. Sign up for. For the emails, while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. And while you're going online, and I know that you probably have to deal with this quite a bit living somewhere where it snows, but mm-hmm. uh, as you need things for your car, whether it's snow chains, um, whether it's pe- people down here where I am, you need things like, you know, like Rain-X or whatever for your car, uh, think about getting it from Rock Auto. So your local auto parts store, the, the chain there, there is so many makes and models of cars. No possible way they could have all that stuff. You go in there, Paul, and you're like, hey, I need an oil pump. And they say, okay, great. Um, is your car an LX or an EX? Is it a sport? You know, all those questions just for them to not have the part. So instead, go to Rock Auto. Uh, it's a family-owned business that serves DIYers. They've been doing it for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the, how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliable prices and all the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. And can I real quick, can we talk about the Nolan Aeronado trade? I, I, I'd always have to. <laughs> yeah, I just always leads back down to this. It's just one of those things to me where, and this might be part of the reason Jeff Bridges isn't there anymore. Um, I, I, the return on the deal. So it's Arenado and fifty-one million dollars, and for that, Austin Gomber, Mateo Gill, El Horace Montero, Tony Losi, and Jake Summers. And the thing that I'm trying to figure out is, was that the best deal? that you could get for Nolan Arenado? I don't think it was. I, I, I truly, there's just no possible way. I, and this is, this is spurned fan me talking. I don't have sources. I don't have any of this stuff, but the, the Nolan Arenado trade was the peak of Breidich's, uh ego and, mm-hmm. and, and everything. I think it just got to a point where he was sick of him where he was sick of Nolan being public and sick of the, you know, all this stuff that he was saying. And they, they took the best deal. I, I I find it hard pressed to believe that there are not you could not have gotten. I mean, I'm talking top. If you're trading Nolan Arenado, I want prospect number one. I want prospect number ten, and I want prospect number thirty. Those are the prospects I want. I want them all, and I want money. I want you know. I want a. I want a veteran, and I want this. I mean, there's people to, to just kind of bring it into a different sport. The we're talking Broncos a little bit. The Russell Wilson trade that they just made today. There, I was listening. I'm here in Seattle, and I was wearing my hat out today in enemy territory. And they're already saying it's not enough for Russell Wilson. And the Broncos sent four draft picks, two of them in the first round, three veteran players, and another draft pick in the later rounds. I mean, if you're trading away your franchise player, you need to rebuild and completely reshape your organization. The Rockies mm-hmm. should have gotten so much more and then when you read the prospects and and you can you can kind of dive more into this 
these aren't even Cardinals top prospects. This every single and, and then on top of the heartache of, of losing, there's a Nolan Arenado jersey right behind these closet doors <laughs> behind me. Um, you know, the heartbreak of that deal, especially coming off of we've signed Nolan Arenado for eight years. We're building a team. The competitive window is here a game away from winning the National League West, which you have never done before. And then you turn it into this. I'm sorry. I, I, I think Austin Gomber is a good arm. I'm sure mm-hmm. these prospects can be great. Are any of them going to reach the, the career of Nolan Arenado? That's to be seen for the young guys. But I highly, highly, highly doubt it. I mean, Nolan Arenado is a once-in-a-generation player. I, I truly, truly believe that. And the, it, the biggest part is this, this is a Rockies team with this deal. Are the Rockies better right now in 2022 after making this deal without – John Gray, Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, and DJ LeMayhew. I, and, and the answer to that question is no. No. They, they aren't. And then who did they get back for these other two veterans? One draft pick. You, it, so, yeah. so, so you so you you kind of go from the Nolan deal, which sucked, and then you, you say you're going to do it. And then so you, you rip everyone's heart out with the Nolan deal. Then you say you're going to do a GM search. You hire the guy that you did the interim who's right in the organization, who's been here the entire time. And then you don't make any moves to benefit off of the expire of, off of Trevor story and John Gray going into free agency. One the draft Trevor is- story. Yeah. The story refusal to make a deal there. I mean, and I'm not saying like that John Gray is this level, but you look at what Max Scherzer and Trey Turner together in a package deal went for. And it just blows my mind that like John Gray and Trevor story, you just don't do anything. That's what I was preaching and, all along the deadline. It was, yes, John Gray and, and, a, and a down year Trevor Story aren't exciting you, but you're telling me the Reds, the Angels, the Mariners, the, all these teams that are right there don't want to make a trade for a combo of Trevor Story and John Gray with the potential to bring both of them back the next year on, on deals? I, there's no way. There's just no possible way that the best course of action for the Colorado Rockies was to hold on to both of them and then only get the one draft pick because Story rejected the qualifying offer. Just like you said with Freddie Freeman, let's be honest here. He hasn't signed anywhere. There's, a, a, I guess, I'm going to say the door is creaked. The door isn't slammed shut on a Story return because guess what? The Rockies are a top 10 team in attendance. And if they really wanted to, they could back up a dump truck of money and offer him a bunch of money because I don't buy into Rockies. I don't buy into the Rockies being small market. I don't buy into the Rockies not being able to afford people when the owner is worth nearly a billion dollars, just built a brand new state of the art apartment shopping, blah, blah, blah facility right next door advertising with a giant picture of Nolan Arenado, mind you. And, and, and not really, and, 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 and not doing anything in free agency for two years. I mean, that's where it all boils down to is, is the question you have to ask yourself as a Rockies fan is, are we better now? We're not. And the Rockies still won't sit there and officially call it a rebuild. Cause it's really not the Rockies have done nothing to fully embrace the ideology of what a rebuild is because they don't like the term and they don't want to do that. But in reality, it's like, so what are we doing? You're is, so you think the Rockies can compete, with the 109 and 108 win Dodgers and Giants with an Arenado story and grayless lineup, and an, and really right now your stars are, uh, not the not a not a not an offensive powerhouse in Ryan McMahon, a fantastic player in Ryan McMahon. Mm-hmm. Let me let me and emphasize a good person. that. Yes, let me emphasize that I am very glad that Ryan McMahon is the third baseman 
he made that deal at least sting a little bit less when you go from gold glove defense to should have been gold glove defense. Now Rockies fans get to be the the angry ones that Nolan's winning. He won that award that award off of uh, name a rep last year. Off a rep, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but you know that's that's where it always comes down to with with the Arenado deal with the lack of moving John Gray and Trevor Story. Those players. I mean, these, those were the most impactful players the Rockies have seen since Matt Holiday and Cargo and Tulo of those competitive days. And those three were the most, you know, and Todd Helton, of course. Sorry, I can't, you know, can't forget my boy. But this was, I mean, back-to-back playoffs. They were wild cards, sure. I don't care anyone anyone says. Wild cards, playoffs for this, for, for this fan. Play, playoffs, playoffs. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know, yeah, they dropped the ball against the Brewers. But instead, I would have loved that, that Brewer series – fires up the Rockies to say, all right, we are going to get someone who can swing. We are going to get a, you know, we're just going to go out there and, and, and yeah, that would mean you'd have to move on from Carlos Gonzalez a little bit earlier, but I love cargo, but the end of cargo's career was tough. I mean, it, it, there's just so many other routes the Rockies could have take. And instead we're on this one. And I just don't believe that is. And on to the cherry on top of it all, Jeff Breidich gets to, drastically alter the course of Colorado Rockies history and then walks away from the organization with only sending an email in the middle of the pandemic where he doesn't have to face anybody at all. Uh, I, I mean, that Zoom call post Norn Aaron Aller trade with, with Breidich and Momfort was one of the lowest points of, of my Rockies fandom. It, it was just an absolute slap in the face that entire time. And it's hard to not still feel that way. I mean, I want to, I want to let it go. And I've been ranting for like multiple <laughs> minutes on this by now. It always happens to me. I want to let this go, but I can't because the Rockies did not put themselves in a position to be better right now and, and, and have further delayed the ultimate goal of winning a world series. Yeah. And that's the issue to me with Bill Schmidt is he, he talks about, we are a scout draft and develop team. And it's like, you know, there are more than one way to acquire players. You do not have to just draft. You can trade. You can trade for prospects. You can trade. You can now trade for some draft picks. And so the return you can get, like for a Trevor Story trade or a John Gray trade, is significantly more than the return you get from the one draft pick you get for letting them leave. And it just seems to me a very short sighted, not maximizing your assets kind of return on investment thing. And if there was a different GM, I might feel differently. But it's something where it feels like it's kind of more of the same. It's more- Rocky status quo that that we we got we. And again, this is if, if you're not, you don't want to. You, you, maybe you're sitting there. Oh, he was the interim with the GM. They wanted Bill Schmidt as the GM this whole time. They just lied to us and said they were going to do a search. They knew they had their guy, and this is a flaw. On uh, it doesn't matter if he was interim or not. This is already a misstep of of Bill Schmidt's tenure as GM of the Colorado Rockies, handling the 2021 trade deadline. Whether you're interim or not, at that point, it was all pretty well known that we were just waiting until the end of the season for that. But yeah, it's. Oh, oh, hey, let's promote a guy from within the organization for an organization that is desperate for an outside look, just someone that can breathe a breath of fresh air. And then mm-hmm. what do you hear at the, you know, three months into this offseason? Dick Momford promotes his son. And it's just like, I'm not trying to be that mean about the son. And he has baseball experience. But but as Rockies fans, disgruntled ones at best, how are we supposed to sit here and and be excited by this? Yeah. How are we supposed to sit here and be excited to trust the people within the organization that have made the moves that they've made in the last three years? That back-to-back playoff appearances turned into this. 
it's, 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 that's what's hard. And that's why I, you know, I was so, when, when Breidich left, I was just like, this might mean some, we, it, I don't, it doesn't have to be an Epstein. It doesn't have to be those guys. I just want someone that has been sitting there for a while watching Rockies baseball saying, what the heck are they doing? Why aren't they just doing, going after this? I have the numbers to show it. Let's try it. I mean, heck the analytics team was doing laundry two seasons ago. Like that's not, that's a real story. Like, I mean, you know, I, 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 I no, keep you're going, good. but, but at the end of the day, it, it, it's just a matter of, I love this baseball team. I care about this baseball team a lot. I, you know, I'm, I'm here on the cam. I got the abs hoodie on, on the Broncos hat on At the end of the day. I care so much more about Rockies baseball. I, I this, this is my, I mean, I don't know why I've hitched so much of my life to, to this wagon, but, but it is. And, and, I just want them to succeed. And, and it was so close. And there was, there's all these, uh, there's all this creativity in the league and the Rockies are the, are the perfect place to be a creative team. Let's be a wacky team. Let's do something crazy. Let's, let's put in a, a an opener DH. I don't know something crazy like that. Like uh, just to do something wild that I think the Rockies need to do because you are not going to compete with the payroll of the Dodgers. You're not going to compete with the status quo of Dodger of giants baseball and the Padres, you know, until the Padres actually do anything, they'll they'll spend a lot of money, but they'll fall apart in the middle of the year and, and trade be, all their prospects. Yeah. And not be able to beat the Rockies in a series that they must to get to the playoffs late in the year. And then the Diamondbacks are in a much worse situation than the Rockies. But they're but they have said rebuild. They have said those words. They have committed to saying that this era of Diamondbacks baseball is going to be bad. And then we are going to hopefully be good again in a little bit. That's draft and develop. What the Rockies have been doing during the middle of the Arenado era up until now is not fully draft and develop. It's not even going for free agents. It, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah, British signed free agents and never made trades. And and you look at where the system is now, and it's objectively significantly worse than it was before he left. And you have to figure out something. Um, if if folks who listen to to my show want to hear more about the Rockies and uh, find you and your stuff, where can they do that? You can find me at LO Rockies on Twitter. We're also on the uh, the YouTube's Locked on Rockies if you want the video podcast. I'm at Paul Holden 33. I tweet about more than Rockies stuff. So if you want just that Rockies focused stuff on your timeline, Locked on Rockies is a great place to be because I, I do a lot of retweeting. A lot of great people have, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're down at camp. So, so cool that Todd Helton and Carlos Gonzalez and Clint Hurdle were down there. I'm not as, I'm not as romanticized about Clint Hurdle, the manager, as I am that Carlos Gonzalez and Todd Helton, but uh, did make this Rockies fan heart uh, happy. So we'll be retweeting and, 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 you know, showing you all sorts of coverage from people that are out there at spring with the minor leaguers. And we'll be talking Rockies baseball as, as soon as we, we, we still will do it. But as soon as they're there, we're talking more about it because they're not as bad as other teams. And they showed last year they have a promise, but it's, it's going to be another interesting season in Colorado. That's for sure. There you go. And for Rockies fans who want more about uh, prospects, about the farm, things like that, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm, and you can find Locked On MB Prospects wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube always. Uh, Paul, thanks for the time, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. I'm glad we got someone like you that keeps us up to date because I what's so great about stuff like this is the minors are kind of it's it's kind of confusing. There's so many names, there's this and that. And it's so great to have someone like yourself that was able to say, Hey, let's talk Rockies prospect and you and we didn't even get to all of the stuff that you had typed <laughs> yeah. up. So uh, folks, I'm telling you, uh, Rockies fans checking this out, you got to got to got to got to stay up to date with uh, with locked on MLB prospects.